welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. All right, on this week's show, we will discuss a season-defining come-from-behind win at Optus Games of Tigers and discuss the young blood that has been holding up the fort for the past couple of matches. But before I welcome the boys, I just want to say this. The team can't travel. The team has too many injuries. The team can't finish off teams, and they don't score in the last quarter. Well, the last two weeks have shown that we can do all of that, so to the critics, up yours. Welcome, Dan and Wayne. How are you going? Oh, I love the intro. Yeah, it's good to yeah. be here. Yeah. Don't don't put me in the same vein as Caro. Don't give credit to people that said that when you quote them, don't you? I think I did borrow it from somebody, but anyway, it sounded good. It's very unique, though. You're (laughs) in the ladder right now, and it's like... From where we are, and come with all our deficiency, we do recognise we're not having the greatest start to the season. Um, But we are now tied just out of the top four by percentage, which Mm. is crazy to think. Yeah, it's it's a considerable yeah. percentage. I think it's a 10-goal win or more. Yeah. Um, it might be even 15, but, hey, we're there. We're in with the... It'd be it'd be pretty hard to miss the finals from here. Mm. All right? Especially when we got the likes of um, McGovern and Shuey and Kelly and a few others coming back. Um, but last week we didn't have a podcast and a lot happened. So we'll cover a little bit of that before we get into the game because we're going to talk mostly about this game. Because we're to buy next week, we won't really talk about Bulldogs until later on. But we had a mid-season draft, boys, and we picked up um, two players. One was um, William Collins, who trained with us pre-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we opted not to use... Um, the option to put Dan Venables on a long-term injury list then, but we have now. And Connor West from West Perth, and they played in the waffle, and it was pretty good. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. Especially uh, Connor West. He was... He was best on green. I think he had 29 possessions from memory. Um, 12 tackles. Yeah. Kicked the goal too, I think, yeah. to the cherry on he top. Was- Best on ground. And Will Collins played off the back line and, you know, he took a while to get into the game. But another player, and the name Sumich is linked back with the West Coast Eagles, Zane Sumich played in that game as well and he played a pretty good game, I thought, from half back. Um, But he's been predominantly playing reserves at South Fremantle but wanted more senior time, so hence the move to the Eagles. So, look, if he's half as good as his old man... You never know. Yes, Because yes. Peter Simic, when he started at the Eagles, was full-back. Well, he's under the Eagles' uh, recruiting nose now, isn't he? Like, yeah, they didn't go with him in the father-son two years ago, I think it was, or it might have been last year. But, look, he's on there. They've got Jared Garlett in there as well. So they're sort of using their brains there, strengthening their uh, waffle side. We're actually waffle players instead of amateur players. Yeah. So, and it's costing them nothing. So I think the two is giving them giving them a good opportunity to have a look at players who could possibly be in that draft at the end of the year. You know, yep. These guys, you pick up guys like Zane Drew, uh, Sumich, sorry, not Zane Drew, Same as if, he, if he's going okay and he's been overlooked for a couple of years, you know, he could be a bit of a steal around the 60s. Or yeah, he could be one of those sleepers, you know. One of those guys who picks up. Uh, one player that he was we're looking at was Matthew Parker. He went the pick before Will Collins. That would have been interesting hadn't he been picked by um, Richmond. But he went off to there, and a guy that I talked about, I think, last year in our um, draft series was Kalen Lane, a ruckman from Claremont. He went to Brisbane, and he's been a pretty good pick. He's been playing predominantly reserves as well, but he was um, 
Colts grand final player last year for Claremont. So it was a good pick up for them two guys. So yeah, let's see how they go. Um, Dan Venables has been put on the long term injury list, and so was Jared Cameron. Mm-hmm. So what's Cameron? Cameron did an ankle, ankle wasn't it? Syndemosis. Yep. So that's uh, 12 weeks, and that's how much we got before the season finishes, before the finals. But something that went um, unannounced for a good six months, and coaches has been the topic all week, and that's Simo. Quietly signed two years. Two years, extra years, till 2024. Yes. So So that was a bit of a... I think that was about Takara as well, saying, oh, yeah, they're looking at Simo. They so see me come out the next day. Well, actually, I signed for two years, yeah, six months true. ago. And apparently, yeah, it was the end of last year, so it wasn't, e- wasn't yeah. even beginning this year, which is yeah. very surprising because there's been a bit of reports about his contract and where it sits. And yes. Now yeah. you know it's all fallacy because he was already signed in 2024. Yeah. So, coaches, um, Nathan Buckley finished yesterday with a win. Um, one of the best wins for the season for Collingwood so my thing there is I can't understand it in a coach's last game teams that haven't been playing are good they step up and play like that I just don't understand it yeah, if you can play like that for one game why can't you do it for the rest of the game yeah. uh, the season it's a bit an anomaly but also it happens all the time but when the caretaker coach first gets the role is you win the first game and we get a few wins after that too is it the players playing for the careers Instead of the well, players playing for the coach. coach, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, the coach can only take so much heat. At the end, if they're setting the game plan and they're, I mean, what I've seen of Colin too, they haven't been that bad. Just that they, I think some of their players, I think, are very overrated. go is very overrated. We've always, we've always said that. He, he was best on ground that. yesterday. Yeah, but that's that's one. That's, one. That, that's his one in yeah. twelve games. He has best on ground. Him and Stringer. Yeah. So same. That um, you know, and that, that I think we're Collingwood are looking too. I think. What I'm hearing too, and I've heard this through two people, one being an ex-scout of the Magpies, and also heard on one of the uh, Damien Barrett, is that they have to actually cut some players this at the end of this season again because their salary is going to be too high. And they're, they're, we're talking between eight hundred and $900,000 worth of salary has to be cut. They've got 15 players out of contract. Mm. 15 players. That's the most on any list. Yeah. So... Someone's gone awry there in the last two years. I know it's been a cluster fuck, as they say it, for for them yeah. in the last year. So I know I've asked this question, but you're gonna you're gonna put your name to this because we're gonna play it back in six months' time when they announce a coach, choose coach in Collingwood. Russell, even though he said he's pulled himself out of the running, he, he didn't exactly say that, and he, he's gone on record saying he'll take the call. And yeah, but after that, he said, "I'm over coaching." Yeah, but I think he's just saying... Taking um, the heat off? It's Mm. one of those things where they took an excerpt of the one conversation and ran with it, you know, and the reports about... He never... Corrid Garrick... Never 100% took him out of the race. He didn't say, there is no way I would coach comment. The week week before, he... He was asked on Footy Classic. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he said, he "said I'll take if, the call." If they give me a phone call. Why, by all means, I'll talk to him. So, well, I'm going Sam Mitchell. I was going to say, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking between Sam. Mitchell I've been thinking about Boston. it for a week, just looking at it. And Michael and Boss, don't be surprised if Michael Boss stri- strikes in there as well. Yeah, I don't know about Bossy. I know he does good things at Port, from what I've been told, and you hear things and all that, but. Yeah, I just for some reason for Collingwood, I can't see him taking a recycled coat for some reason, and that's why I'm leaning towards um, Sam Mitchell. But 
It's our only prediction, so that's my prediction. It's funny. I, I think the opposite. I don't think they want to take a risk with a new coach. I think they want someone with at least some senior experience. Mm. Um, he's coaching Box it, Hill. It's, it's a gamble. Yeah, I realise that, but he's untrained AFL coach. You know? So was so Simo. So was Clarko. Well, so yeah. was Hardwick. It was so was Bevo. Yeah, I'm not saying... You know what I mean? Other clubs haven't done it. I'm saying yeah. in this scenario, I don't think yeah. Collingwood would go for an untrained AFL coach with so much turmoil on the board. I think they'll want to put like a feather in their cap saying, look what coach we've mm. got. Well, they've got to sort out their board things and until they do that, no one's going to but, take that coach. Sam Mitchell was offered some jobs in, in the last two years. He was offered at Carlton. He was offered at Gold Coast. And he was offered at um, North Melbourne. He knocked them all back because he said, "I haven't had coach. I've, I've been an assistant coach, but I want to coach my own team." That's why he's in at Box Hill. He wants that experience of being a senior coach and coaching at the high level. All right. Well, let's say Sam. Well, yeah. Right. Caught you off your toes. Does anyone know how Box Hill was going right now? No one's no. doing anything at the moment because they're not playing. Lockdown. VFL. Uh, five five year. weeks. I think they are two and two or something like that. Um, but they have unearthed one of their players. What was his name? Was pick number two in the draft. I forgot. I had it written down, but I deleted it. And he got 14 tackles on his debut. Oh, that's good. Newcomb, Josh. Yeah, Newcomb. Josh, Joe Newcomb. So, He's a bull. Yeah, he looked good. Um, so, will David Teague, last thing on the coaches, will he survive in 2022? Oh, it's hard to know there. John Warsfold's there at the moment doing a bit of... Um, He's only uh, two days a month. Advisory type work. So yeah, two days a month. It's hard to know. Yeah, you, know, you, you feel for the guy because he, you know, Carl, Carlton's been a cop case since um, they haven't been able to pay the players under the table and they've got, they lost all those draft picks and all those years ever since they've been a cop case. So there's well, another club. Would you go there as a senior coach? Again. Well, who's a better list? Who are they going to get? Who's a better list, Carlton or Collingwood? Oh, Carlton. Carlton, easy. Yeah. And they've signed uh, today. Big, and Harry Mackay. He's signed for, for two years. years. Yep. Uh, I would say, yeah, because surely Carlton has to back in a coach eventually. Yeah. Think of this century and, uh, like, I don't know, it's only 21 years. The last 20, how many coaches has Carlton had? Oh, yeah. Uh, they had the most? It would be yeah. them and Melbourne, wouldn't it? Like, See, Ross Lyon could quite easily go to Carlton because they, Ross Lyon, as we know, he likes to coach a team that is established yeah. and has got good yeah. players there. And he doesn't want he doesn't want the turmoil of, of rebuilding of rebuilding and he also doesn't want turmoil behind the scenes. It's quite Ross the boss for a reason, mate. That's right. So all right, let's get on to the final sorry, and let's talk about the Eagles uh, massive win over the Tigers. It's the final siren. The Eagles come back from twenty two points down late in the last quarter and Dustin Martin was Running in on goals with 10 seconds ago, and none other than Shannon Hearn takes a beautiful intercept, mark his four for the night, and sealed the victory. Eagles 13 7 85 to 12 goals 9 81. The goal kickers for West Coast were uh, Kennedy 3, Cripps 2, Waterman 2, Allen 2, and Richmond they had Common Jones, Lambert, Martin, and Rewalt 2 all together as well. Was it 2018? Or close to it again in that last play, boys. Very good. Do I go through it? JK kick four two, mate. Not three. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's my typo. Where is it? I still can't even see it. Where is it? Oh. Hey, well, I've copied that straight from the West Australian, so it's no, not my, no, my no, typo. Mate. <laughs> All right. Hearn to Tom Brass in the pocket to Harry Edwards at halfback. He kicks on to Elliot Yo, who kicked it long to Liam Ryan, and no one else can pick up the ball like he does off the ground like that and kick it like that. 
that was a superb to Josh yeah. Kennedy. 14.5 metres exactly. So that constitutes a mark. And if you're going to go on about it, Richmond fans, I could name about 10 kicks that went less yeah. than that during the night. I'm going to say, there's about 20 a game. There was 20 a, a week. So it's hard to know. If that's all the Victorian media can grasp on for a great game, is beyond me. Um, I thought it took a bit of the gloss of our win, some of the commentary I was hearing, but... As we talked off air, boys, Kennedy, he was a hero. Um, four goals, six inside 50s, best on ground by, by a while, I think. Yeah, I had Kennedy, and it wasn't just like the four goals is obviously what made it, but um, we touched on this earlier off air. Like, it's just such a rounded game. I think he had 15 disposals too, yeah. which is very unlike Kennedy. He went up on the forward half and he broke tackles and dummied mm. around players to set up a... Uh, Cripps for he Cripps's goal, um, the one where Jones was almost decapitated by um, one of the Richmond defenders. You know, well that was yeah. J.K. getting it through the centre again. You know, and it's just such a well-rounded game. So it's the best I think I've seen him play in a long, long time. I know he's kicked more goals in a game, but I don't think he's had such a well-rounded game. Yeah, and some of those marks he took up the ground. Yeah. I look, I've always said before we play better when our key forwards are marking up that. Well, it was yeah. like a role reversal for me. Yeah, it was more. It was like Darling usually does that, and JK sort of more towards goals. And I thought it was a role reversal. Yeah. and I think it was brought on because Darling was getting beaten one on one by well one on two sometimes by um, Nick Vloston and um, was his name Grimes there. Um, I just quickly what you said. Um, I think we're going to give some credit to Simo. I don't think it was dictated by Darling. I think he liked to throw Dimmer out. Yeah. So he was swapping and changing. You had Oscar Allen deep forward. Yeah. You had Ryan deep forward. So you had a woman. So they couldn't get settled. They right. couldn't take their normal yeah. intercept game because they're very strategic in defence. Yes. Richmond yeah. are. You know, they like Grimes and Bolter and mm-hmm. Vloston to have their set players, set positions in their set mm-hmm. areas. Where even Grimes, we were dragging him into yeah. the corridor on the wing and stuff. They couldn't get set on a player because we kept changing who our full forward was. And Basher Hooley wasn't getting that run. Yeah. They made sure they stopped that run out of the halfback of him. So the, the only probably backman for Richmond, and I had it noted down here, was Nathan Broad. He probably had the better of uh, Liam Ryan all night, but when it mattered, yeah. Liam Ryan put on a bit of a show there in the last quarter. Um, he could have gone. He could have covered himself in glory there, kicking a goal, but he squared it off, which. And, and got turned over for a Bolton goal. But, oh yeah, look, you just got to sit back and take... That was one of the best games of football, regardless who you follow, I've seen this year. Mm. And at the Optus, that was the loudest game I've been to at Optus. That's probably the best game I've seen. It was loud. It's, it's the best game I've seen us play since 2018 Grand Final. That's my that's only my view, but... Um... Let's talk about some of the players then. Shannon Hearn, now... We just talked about JK and Shannon Hearn. People were talking about them retiring. These guys aren't retiring anytime soon. No. Um, Shannon Hearn, 25 disposals, 578 metres gained, the most on the ground. Took uh, six intercept marks. I thought it was four and ten. Yeah, he took ten grabs all, all up. He was unbelievable. Mm. When he's on the ground, and he was... When Dustin Martin... I don't know if you see it on TV, but... When Dustin Martin went deep, Shannon Hammond on him. Yeah. And that shows you how much respect uh, Eagles gave Martin. They put Shannon Hearn on him. And Martin, you know, I don't think Martin did much when he was on Hearn. He did more of his play up, up the ground. Um, but in saying that, 
everyone's heart was in their mouth with 10 seconds to go. Um, but I said off air, uh, Yoey, in the third quarter, he was spent, man. He was in front of us. He was bending over. He was bringing up vile. And in the last quarter, he just put on one of the classic quarters that you know that only Yo can do. Mm. And um, I think he had, what, 10 possessions in the last quarter alone. And... Um, 532 metres going. He was he was unbelievable in that last quarter. I know you're not a big fan of the blind kick, but that's what I love about him. He's a bit of a bull. He might not get a play of lace out, but he's not afraid to no. boot that in. And at dead. the end of that game, yeah, we, he does we, we needed that. We needed someone to get it. Agreed. You so say the blind kick, up. but he does a blind kick in the right spot. Well, he, he wasn't doing that half back. As long back. as you don't do a blind kick backwards, yeah. you he always a, hope for the best. He had a couple intercepted, yeah. but yeah. saying that, they were fairly deep when they got intercepted. Yeah. And it's such a good sign. I think we touched on it. The fact he's still got that booming kick shows yeah. his groins are holding yeah. together. It's now just getting a fitness behind yeah. him now. Like, he was just unbelievable. Just his attack on the ball, it was just like... Whew. You just, I was sitting there going, where were you for the first three quarters? But then you sit there and you remember he's 83rd. Is it third game in? Yeah, only third game. Third game back. Every game's been better, and, and he's getting better, and he's spending more time on the ground. And without and without him and one other person, I'm going to mention right now, you don't win it. And that's Nick Nat Nui. In the last quarter, he was it was him and Yo. It was like it was exquisite to watch. I like to catch his off guard with questions. Sometimes it's not in the run sheet, so it's a two part question. Who do you think, if they're fit or fit, is our best midfielder? And that is your most important midfielder always your best midfielder? So a two-part? No. To that. So what... So he's not... So your best midfielder isn't always your most important one. Yep. So no to that. But I thought Jack Redden was our best midfielder or not. Oh, no, I meant like on our list. Oh, on our list. Well, I, I think... Oh, you have to say Shuey. I'm going to say I think our best midfielder and most important midfielder is Shuey. Well, it's... Followed by Yo. It's funny, I think... I'm almost in between it. I think our best midfielder, and this is why I asked the question, because I don't know if it makes sense, but to me it does. I think Shuey's our best midfielder, but I think our most important is Yoey. Yeah. I think Yoey goes. He's, he's a ball, he tackles, and he goes. He's a defensive and offensive. Yeah, he, that's it. He runs both ways. Yeah. Shuey's more attacking. So even though I rate Shuey as our best mid, I think if you lost one, I think Yo would be the most. Mm-hmm. Damaging to lose, so to speak. The only reason I say about that with Shuey is that because I think he's most important because he takes two players with him and always leaves someone free. That leaves Yo free or Redden or Kelly, whoever. But if you watch the game, watching Kelly, whenever Shuey goes that ruck knot, he's got one and straight away he's got someone else with him. And that's why I think he's our most important too because he he, he, he drags the defence into him and opens up everyone else. Yeah. So, he's, he's an offensive but, weapon. Yeah, I, I agree with you too about it's, Yo. It's, I mean, it's weird though, isn't it? Because yeah. in my head, that makes perfect sense to me. But I wanted yeah. to get your guys' opinion on yeah. it. Because I'm like, can that happen? And I think with our side, mm. there's not much difference between our best mids. Yeah. That I think importance and best isn't the same thing. And it's funny, you are, I, I went back instead of forward then because you brought up nickname. And to, related to Shuey again, their chemistry as well. Yeah. I find his sense of clearance with Shuey with the chemistry with Nick Nat when he taps it down mm. to him is just, that's the best I've seen between a Ruckman and a player yeah. ever. And I, I know we've had better midfields yeah. and I, I rate Cox as a better Ruckman too, but I've never seen such good chemistry between a Ruckman 
and a midfielder as those two. It's, it's interesting. I, I actually gave Nick our top votes, and I'm not given that many top votes, but I, I just thought his work on the weekend was just, you know, that great goal he kicked on. Well, I think I put Amazing. it as a bloody midfielder's goal, that one. That's yeah, it's weird. Goal you, snake. Um, he, had a great, yeah. he just had a great game. It's weird how you do that. I, I, I try to do... Everyone does their votes different, like JK, four goals, those four goals, we don't win. Yeah. Nick, you know, he's rap taps, he's follow-ups. Without that, we don't win. One guy that I didn't get too much, too many mentions, and to me, I gave him best on ground, I think I did from memory, was Jack Redden. And it's, it's four funny. quarters of football. Yeah. He was he was there every he's quarter. And he's, he, like you said, you just great form. The last six weeks, I think he's been our best player. It's funny you said that. You've a different order, but yeah. I had JK, Nick Nat, and then Redden was my third. A lot of other people mm-hmm. had to say Hearn because he's in yeah, I, I, You know, they had Luke Edwards because they were so happy with the youngsters' mm-hmm. game, where I thought Redden was just a work. And he even said Mark in defence. Yeah. And I love a midfielder that's not... Doesn't want all the glory to run forward. That will run back. That's why I was so positive on Brand early. That will go back and set. He took that mark right on the goal line there too in in the last quarter. Was it last? No, third quarter. He did that twice that game, and it's like great because we've been in goal. Um, Here's a nice stat because you know I love my stats. (laughs) Nick Nat has only got twenty disposals or more seven times in his career. Did you know that? No. We all know what he brings to the side. I'm pretty sure two of them have been this year. So we touched on it with my tinfoil hat from weeks back about the media controlling the narrative. Is he having one of like, is he still an all Australian ruckman base? That's what I'm Mm. saying. Well, because he's not talked about in that category right now. But yet, if you've only had, I find he's, some of his deficiencies, he's improved slightly, but he's still doing what he does good. Well, with the taps, but mainly the clearances. Yeah. He's top five in clearances. There's only four plays in the entire comp with more clearances than him. His ruck work, we don't have to go on about his ruck work because we all know, even people those boys know about his ruck work. But if he's getting probably the best career disposals, mm. and lately since they questioned his marks, I think he took another couple. That's not his game, but he's gone like, mate, like, if you want marks, I can get cheap marks. I think he had four maybe against Carlton. He's had two this week. So he's improved the marks. He's improved his photos. He's got to be in the category. Another little quick stat. I'm just sitting back and enjoying the show, yeah. guys. Did you, did, before the weekend's game, did you know who had the second most marks in the competition? Yeah. Uh, Rotham. Num- yeah, Rotham. I didn't know that. And, mm. and I'm a big so rap, and a massive though. rap for him. And, yeah. He's and yeah, untouchable down there. I thought that was a good stat there. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. That's got me on that one. Uh, do you want another quick one? Okay. <laughs> we go. Josh Kennedy now has the most goals from any player outside Victoria. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, no. I heard that on radio yesterday. Okay, now I know how way he just took the window. He just he just took it off the average there on the weekend. So yeah, it was only yeah. They said something I think on the radio that night as well when he kicked it. Um, I'm all out of stats, so I wanna about the young blokes. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about the young blokes before we get into the young blood. Jack Rewalt versus Barras. Jack was probably early on. Winning that role, but as the game went on, Brass he, he's unheralded every week. No, well, he, he's unbelievable, and um, he just he was in the right spots all the time. And he took eight marks, five of them wins, intercepts. So I thought he was the winner of that matchup. Yeah, I think you take when Gov's not there, he he gets a bit of a free reign to take that intercept yeah. mark role to um, go 
run off his player and take those big marks. He's, he's an exceptional mark. He, uh, he's close to the best mark in the competition. And I'm talking ahead of Garvin, isn't he? Because he, he can jump into that pack. His pack marking is as good as anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just thought some, you know, back line when you have a win, sometimes the back line do get overlooked. He's another one that had a ripping fourth quarter. Yes. I don't know if everyone knows it, but I think four of his intercepts yeah. was in that last yeah. quarter. And yeah. some of them were up the ground a bit. That's right. But it, it, it stopped them from getting down. That's what the yeah, well, they were building a wall. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, built, they built a wall across the centre line. Such great to see him. Mm. I was a bit hard on him against the Essendon game because I'm um, talking about then, you know, Carol Hooker kicked two, three, so he could yeah. have had five goals. But to me, uh, Sunday's game, yesterday's, or what was it, Tuesday now, so Sunday's game was one of the best things for a long time. He, he, helped, he was another one that was so crucial that win yeah. in that last quarter. Well, let's talk about our young blood because, yeah, we went into the game and, and like the Carlton game, a lot of people wrote us off in the Carlton game. Um, you know, they were saying, yeah, well, this, the Carlton's going to win this, blah, blah, blah. And we come back and it was our young guys that were pivotal in that um Game, uh, our young players early on were brilliant against uh, the Tigers, and when it come to the four in the last quarter, our seasoned guys got up and showed their leadership. Mm. But one kid to me, he was unlucky not to get the Rising Star this week mm. because uh, Filthy Thilthorpe uh, kicked three goals, yeah. sixteen uh, possessions, and six score involvements just unlucky but he's got a body of work already um, Luke Fol- um, Luke Edwards 27 uh, possessions with four inside 50s um, mate I reckon some South Australian clubs were probably watching that game going we fucked up here they got it for free basically yeah. five they yeah, pick sixty-two. They could have got him. Yeah, but they, they opt there and South Australia knocked it back. Uh, the South Australia Adelaide Crows knocked yeah. it back. Yeah, I Crazy. mean. Why would you? I mean, his old man's come from a great pe- pedigree of footballer. And, and you, you know me, I, the key stat for me, and I say, and sometimes we clash because you're very much tackle pressure. I'm always about disposal efficiency. Yeah. To me, disposal efficiency. His was huge, and like I believe it was like eighty nine yeah, or eighty three percent. Seventy seven percent. Oh, I was going down from when I saw it last. Yeah, but yeah, his disposal efficiency yeah. was so good, and to me. That's key. If you're going to have 27 disposals and good efficiency, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, only Gaff, Gaff had 91, Redden had 81, Hearn 88, and Rotham 93. Another got young kid who had a really good game um, was Harry Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed the maturity. He's a 202 or 3 centimetres tall. He was on a younger guy, could Coleman Jones. So both he relatively fresh players in the AFL. They had a great tussle. Just watching that alone was was good to watch. And, you know, you probably gave Coleman Jones the chocolates a bit because he didn't take the marks, but where he was taking the marks didn't hurt us. Um, I thought Harry Edwards was pretty good. And the one thing I like about Harry Edwards, sorry, there was a cut in there, is that he's, he's actually showing... Um, class to not afraid to leave his player and go and take that mark or yeah. attack the ball. And if he mucks up, he's obviously got, they're probably saying, if you muck up, you muck up, you're going to learn from it. But he's taking the game on, and I reckon that's a great, he's only in his fourth, fifth game, whatever it is with us. So. The only problem I'll see out there, he's a big boy, mm. but he doesn't look that big when he's out in the ground. So I'm thinking, everyone else's must be huge in our plan. Mm. And then when I look at some of the teams that we're playing, 
on the week. A lot of their key position players are 202 centimetres. Mm. You know, um, it's amazing how high these tall these guys are getting, and they're so mobile. And um, who was else? It was uh, Luke, Luke Foley. Foley. One of your favourites? One of my favourites, yeah. Falcon Boy, Garlic Munger. Um, I've got a photo of him here with me. Mate, um, he was he was pretty good all game too, I thought. And yeah. it's going to be a hard decision when you've got Wiverton to come back in, McGovern to come back in, Shep. Shepard comes back in. All, all three of those guys could be out on the outer. Yes. It's amazing how we all talked about depth about a month ago. And how the injuries in that um, is... We're not playing our best, but it's great to see the depth. And our depth's been questioned in the past and to see it. And then we're just talking about new players. Since that conversation, they've really stood up again, you know. So, again, our depth looks even deeper all of a sudden. And we still haven't seen players like uh, Zane True. And Winder sadly got injured. We saw him briefly as a Mm. sub, but he's been injured, you know. So we haven't even seen much of him this year. So it's just great to see. Well, selection dilemma... You got to just say Shuey comes in, he's fit next week. So Luke Edwards, do you keep him in the side and drop a Jones? Yes. Or do you drop Luke Edwards? You have to keep See, Edwards. The, in. the problem is right. The Branders, the Withers, they're not coming straight back in. Mm. Guff will be in. This is like the, the club. Oh, lack of a better word, the club lies. But this is what they're saying after the buy, after the Bulldogs can come in. Mm. Shuey, Kelly, Shep, and Guff. So those four, they will be in if they're fit. Yeah. They're not fringe players. They're not a winner than a no. brand. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. No. I mean, they're your starting 22 best players, all Australian players. Sure, he's not, but he's a Norm Smith medalist. Um, they'll, they'll come straight back in. So, yeah, there will be hard decisions. The players we just spoke so highly of, they could be on the cutting board because you've got to cut four. Mm. Yeah, but you, this is but this is my question, and I can understand him cutting uh, Harry Edwards because yep, the governor, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can understand him cutting Foley for Shep, all right? Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you're gonna have to do it. But Edwards, to me, he's played that pivotal f- game in the middle. And Jones played a few minutes up there. Didn't play much in the middle. Uh, that's where the hard decision is. Do you keep Jones in there for the little impact that he does, or do you just remould Edwards and play? You play half forward, a bit of mid, to and me, rotate him around. To me, Edwards is, was in the top five players. He stays. Jones wasn't. He goes. And don't be surprised, Luke Foley staying. And either Tom Cole or um, Nelson would be the one Nelson. that would go. Could, could lose a could yeah. lose their spot. Um, Tommy Cole, Cole I think Luke Cole Cole's played well both games. Yeah, but see the thing is because of these injuries into our mids, mm. um, it's not as bad now that Yo mm. came in that tempered the Cali loss a bit. We've been pushing or rotating our forwards mm. through the mid. You see Langdon a tiny bit, but it's mainly Cripps and John, um, Jones. They're the two that mainly gone through there. Now, the plus side to that is Luke Edges has been playing in the middle. Um, we don't have to actually cut me through the gov thing. Backs are a bit different. So we will have to cut on the smaller ones for Shep. We have to cut Harry Edwards, Sally for mm-hmm. gov, the tall ones. But we could cut, and I hate cutbacks, but Langdon and Jones who are playing forward mm-hmm. because we have been pushing forwards up into the midfield. So if we cut them, we're like, okay, Cripps, you now have to stay in the forward half. 
and then you bring in the shooting cabinet. Yeah, I was very critical of Langdon. That's Lang- why you keep looking yeah. at this, you? I forgot all about Langdon. Um, against Carlton, he was one of the best players on the ground, mm. um, but he didn't have much impact against the Tigers. And I'm really critical of players not knowing the distance, mm. lining up for goals. Now, I've watched Langdon at GetOS and out West Coast. Can't kick past 40 metres, but three times he's been out of the 50 and he's lining up for goals. What? What? Now, you've got to know your distances, man. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get there, and he's, he hasn't done it. He hasn't got nowhere close. So no, this is my only critical thing about him. Know your distances, because if you can't keep him that, look for the hit up somebody. Don't just hope and howl and you're hoping you're going to get the breeze underneath the ball. You can't kick that far, and that's my downfall on him. My, my down, my only criticism of him is that he goes to ground very, very easily. When it, when he's, when the, when there's a pack going to the ball, he'll go to ground. He will not hold his feet. The great, the great players of that, like Dusty, uh, Dangerfield, Luke Shuey, they don't go to ground. They get that. They're there. They're on their feet all the time. Get that ball and look. Like Pendlebury, watch Pendlebury. When do you ever see Pendlebury go to the ground? Never. They go. They're they they're there in those packs, getting the ball, getting it out. Whereas you watch Langdon, he goes to the ground a lot, and I'm very critical of that of him. That's uh, why I think he would be one. I agree with Dan. I think that's where Luke Edwards stays in. And to Langdon. me, I see him and Cripps playing the same role. Mm-hmm. You don't need two of them on the ground. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that's. I'm just thinking of ways yeah. people are going to get in. Our injury list is Petricelli with a hammy. We all knew that was going to happen. Uh, laid out, so Waterman come back in. And look, Waterman's benefit, he's, he's become an impact tall. Two goals in each of the two games, which he wasn't supposed to play in. Uh, Brand has got an abductor, so uh, finding a spot for Brand is going to be the hard pick going forward. Yeah. Brad Shepard, it'd be a test because of the concussion. Archie's probably a week away, so he's probably one that's a bit behind. McGovern, with the week off, should be able to play against Bulldogs. They're saying, should we probably play the Waffle this week? If that's true, he'll be playing against Bulldogs. Tim Kelly, the same. Alex Wiverton's probably another week away. And as you said, Dan Winder, he's probably... I see him as a project player. Mm. I don't think they'll rush him this year. So, oh, not after no, injury. Um, he would have got. I, I feel he would have got a few games. Under oh yeah, without yes. that injury because he had good ball for four more seven. Yeah, yeah. against uh, yeah. Perth. Yeah. Does Rioli come straight back in? If uh, fit. Yeah, I was very much yes. But the what when I initially said this when the news first broke, you know, he can he's available to play. Our depth is so strong right now. Mm. He might not get his position. No. Like, we're talking about having to cut forwards now. And, mm. like, we're trying to squeeze Luke Edwards to keep him after that. Well, he can like, he can play the Waffle or the AFL on that last... He's at the club on Sunday. Yeah. Great. Officially back at the club. So, can't wait to see some magic back at the club. Um, there's some new guys there that he wouldn't know of. So, he's going to have to acquaint himself and earn their respect and stuff like that. Um... Yeah, the way I worked it out, there is a waffle game you can play before around 23. Was mm. it? So I reckon they'll probably put him in the waffle and see how it goes. I couldn't see him then come straight back in. And, you, well, you know me, Wayne, off air, I don't like playing stars in the waffle. Mm. If they're fit, they play AFL. Yeah. Uh, That's your big name players. That's me. Because if they're going to get injured in the waffle, they're going to get injured in I, AFL. I, I'm, usually, I'm usually agreeing with you, but say Wayne said earlier, and I agree with, 
Dutton was very rusty. Mm. When Hearn and Ryan came in, they were very uh, rusty when they came back from injury. Mm. So I would play, especially having this fight, in that waffle. Yep. So if we bring them all back in, which you touched on, they're not all in at the same time and rusty. We saw what happened last year yeah. in the final against Collingwood when we tried to do that, brought them all back in. They're not at the same impact. So I would play a cup, not all of them. I'd agree. Dove, I wouldn't. Um, and Kelly hasn't been out that long. But say Shuey, I would give him limited minutes in the waffle. Mm. So they get a bit of that games under get their belt run. before they come in. We help with that rust. I, I agree on that only because we've got the buy. Yeah. If we didn't have a buy, I wouldn't be playing any of them in there. I wouldn't, not, I wouldn't play them all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing them all in the... I'm and I wouldn't be playing them all in the same I team. I wouldn't be playing them all in the, one, in the ones. That no, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't play them. ready to go. I'd that stagger it. I'd you stagger it. couldn't do it. But then, you, you, then, you, then you're missing a... You, you say you stagger it, then you're missing another week of game time when they could have a game in they the have match. They have match you know, hardness at There's a lot of great players who've had to play in the seconds over the years. And there's like... You, you like, like test cricket... There's a lot of great players have been dropped at Test cricket because they had to go play Sheffield Shield cricket in the twos because they're out of form. Same with the, I think it's the same with the AFL. I just think you just can't have that many players come back in yeah. and expect because I tell you what, we'll run out of legs, guaranteed. I have changed my philosophy on it where I am leaning agreeing more with Wayne. The fact if we can play a couple <laughs> in the waffle, <laughs> yeah. no, because I mean, if you bring in say four players all rusty, mm. if you play even just two of those yeah. in the waffle, it, it would help a little bit. But I'm great at sidetracking us off the topic because it was actually about Riol we play <laughs> if he's available. Yeah. No, that's cool. But wouldn't you love? Let's say we. Get him racks and finish top four. Wouldn't you love having a player of your oldest caliber with three games under his belt? Oh, of course, playing in the grand final. I that's agree. What it is. That, that's the position. So I agree with that one. Yeah. If if we bring him in as soon as he's available and we're in a position to con- contend, which might happen, may not happen, obviously because of the injury we were touched on. He would have three games. He would get rid of that rust, and then he brings that X factor into a grand final. I think if we're not in that. A good chance. So if we're not top four, I wouldn't do it. No. If we are top four, I'll do it. And I think it really does depend on that. All right. You got two years is a long time not to be playing yeah. football. And that's it. That's why. A long time. So he's got twelve weeks training to get up to yeah. speed. Um, you know, I don't know what he's been doing off, whatever. Except you know, his off field stuff going for your airports. But we don't want to talk about that. I mean, yeah. training wise, it looks like he's been keeping fit. Um, before we end the show tonight, we're, going to, we're not going to talk about the Bulldogs because it's another week and a half, two weeks away. Um, this is a hypothetical. Um, Shay Bolton wants to come to West Coast. What do you give up for him? Well, we can't afford to give up anyone for him at the moment. Uh, well, you can. I, I, to be honest, it would have to be a good young potential player. You'd have to be like a brander, and then you'd have to probably chuck Chuck in, in a second round pick. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a lot. That it, is a, it is a lot, but you've got to lure the players in. Oh, you overpay. As soon as you try any, to get a player... Yeah, any player play. that goes to another club, you're playing more for what you're supposed to. The thing is, Shea Bolton's got two premierships behind him. You know what he can do. My thing is, we've got a Liam Ryan, we've got Willie Rioli back, and you had him. Oh, he's, and, a, he's a mid. He, and he could play him as a mid, but you had those three in the same team. I'd I'd give up Brander in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that's what I'm saying. We, we briefly talked about Brandon. And look, he's a favourite of all of ours, but where does he fit in? And that's going to become the decision of his at the end of the season. Does he stay here and wait for JK to retire where he knows he's going to get more game time? Or does he look for greener pastures? And that might just be something that we could chuck up there. 
to lure somebody like you, you wouldn't do it for anyone other it'd have to be somebody of Shay Bolton's ilk mm. you know what I mean see the, the positive of getting a sh- uh, Bolton would be well you've got Kelly that's young you've got Yoast still got a few years in him you've obviously got Sheed who's playing really well so these Bolton types who's only 22 he's a lot younger than people realise he's the replacement for Shuey he is the replacement for Redden who are 30 you know Gaff being an outside runner sometimes their bodies hold up a bit longer so even though he's at that age he might have three four years well he's got four years left on the contract so yeah Gaff yeah good on him he did well there usually we don't go for such long term contracts but um, three after this one he's got so that makes sense because that would be 32 Um, so once these players retire, if you had a Bolton, you had a Sheed, you had a Kelly, and then maybe a Gaff on a wing and a Yo still going around, that's still a very potent midfield that can mm. win you games. I'll throw in Smokey. If you if you threw in Brando, would you throw in O'Neill with him? Yep. And keep the pick? And yep. keep the pick. Yep. Yep, I would. Oh. See, I think I, I love those second picks, second round picks. I we've, we've nailed yeah, those. Pick up Smokies, all oh, time. Yeah, Ali was originally a second round pick. Ryan's yes. a second round pick. Petra Say, second round. Oscar Allen's so a second round pick. Darling's a second round pick. James Herbert, really, James Herbert, yeah. second round pick. Um, we've done very well with our drafts, um, not having these top ten picks. Really, yeah. haven't Matt we? Matt Five was a second round pick. You know, like, picks. The only thing with picks is it's a gamble. So if you're yeah. giving up two. Because Brandon depends what the draft pool's like. You, yeah, yeah, but you know what you're getting with them. You're hoping their ceiling's higher than it is mm. now, but you know what you've got now. All right. Well, the draft pool this year is pretty good, so it had to be something good to give away a second round draft pick because I've already got a player I've already lined up, and I reckon he'll fit it's, in it's pretty it's well. His yearly lineup. Is and right. um, <laughs> I sold the team out for a top ten. And um, what, I, I know who I'm, I know who I'm picking, and he's at Swan Districts. Oh, so go go through there and have a look. Oh, no, he's West Perth. Um, and he's a. He can play mid, he can play forward. He's rugged, he's good. Um, so if you do some uh, homework, you might better work it out. Uh, initials RB. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, just before we finish, I'd rather keep our picks, to be honest. Mm. I think seeing the depth we have, mm. and we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, I think our best 22 in no injuries is still uh, our premiership windows open. We've seen now all the players underneath. I don't think we need to sell the farm to get them. Mm. If Brandon chose to leave, and I'm only throwing him up because he's uncontracted and he's a Victorian, then you look at things, do we just chuck in a pick and get try and get a star there? Yeah. Other than that, I, I'm more than content to just, let's go to the draft again. Let's yeah. just now picks. I think, can we afford it? That's the mm. thing. I mean, we're paying Kelly big money. Nah, no, we're not. Nick big money. We're paying... Well, the only way you get... Maybe you can claim a bit back on the veterans over... Yeah. Like her, Bunga, JK. Maybe even Nick will go into that that category. Then you can Nick's claim so much back, man. can't you, off their salary? Uh, look, mate, you can do it anyway, mate. You can give them a third-party job to their partner. You can do many things these days to get them under the salary cap. Um, look, guys, we're going to end it there. It's been a long show, but we've talked about the Eagles and where we're going to go, the young blood. Uh, we've got an exciting second half of the season coming up. Starts with the Bulldogs Saturday week, I think, or Sunday week at Optus. So we'll probably have another show before then. Um Quickly, Eagles, they'll beat the Bulldogs, eh? I'm, I'm, oh, getting, so. I'm starting to get arrogant, arrogant again with these young kids and it's not good. So, yeah, I can over you. Right. Mm. Uh, join us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tell your mates about us. Give us a review. Uh, get on our um, 
any podcast platforms and subscribe to us there and uh, send us messages and tell us where you listen to us on. Um, and, yeah, until uh, next time, go Eagles. Thanks, boys. No worries. See you, guys. Thank <laughs> you.